0: Happy Mother's Day to all moms here today. I don't know if you noticed uh, in that middle verse that we sang, uh, kind of an illustration of that. I saw this last week here where it says as a mother stills her child, thou canst tame the ocean wild. Uh, Last Sunday we had uh, a couple of our grandkids here with us, our four-year-old twins, and actually they were with us for five days and it went pretty well. Um, But there were a few moments where Uh, One or both of them wasn't so happy, and they were missing Mom and Dad a bit. Uh, Like one night after supper, uh, when it was time for bed, and and, uh, one of them was fussing quite loudly. I I volunteered to do the dishes. Uh, (laughs) And my wife had the task of putting them to bed. And uh, very shortly, it became clear to me why that was a good idea. Uh, Maternal instincts of my wife were far better than the approach I would have taken we just saying in that hymn that, that God is able to calm storms on the ocean like a mother calms her child. Um, he's able to calm storms in our lives, too, as, as we allow him to do that. Uh, last Sunday was Confirmation Sunday, and the message especially was uh, focused uh, toward those confirmants and their, and their families, and, and yet certainly applicable to us all. Uh, Next Sunday is Senior Recognition Sunday, and Pastor Ryan will be sharing some thoughts from God's Word, particularly relating to our high school seniors. Today's Mother's Day, and I decide to speak especially to anyone who has or ever has had a mother. Guess that includes all of us, doesn't it? Uh, I I want to take you to the Old Testament book of Proverbs, and this book is filled with various uh, short, pithy sayings. stating a general truth and piece of advice. and We find that in Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 20 to 24. And here are some valuable words concerning relationships and attitudes in family life. I invite you to look with me there. Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 20. Would you stand in reverence to God's word today? My son, keep your father's commandment. And forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. And when you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you wake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. To preserve you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that as we meditate on these verses today and and, uh, think of our family lives, Lord, uh, that you would speak to each of our hearts uh, uh, about past, uh, present, and future, Lord. Uh, And we pray you would have your way in in our hearts and lives and in our families. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. These verses are primarily a, a word to children... They start out saying, my son, but if you're a daughter, these words are applicable to you too. Uh, Occasionally here at at Maranatha, we have children's sermons, and and we're going to try to do a few more of those uh, during the summer when we don't have Sunday school here. But today, in a way, this whole message is a children's sermon. And and so kids, I decided not to ask you to come up front here, thinking it might be a bit long for you to be up here and a bit long for me to have you up here. But, but I want to ask you to listen extra today uh, to what God's word has to say. You, you might have noticed that this text mentions two women. One that you should listen to and one that you shouldn't. Uh, and see if you can figure out who those two women are as we go along. Maybe you've already caught that. Um, this text is primarily a word to children. But I think we need to notice here that that, that word to them assumes some things. And first of all this, and that fathers and mothers teach. And now in a way, commands and teaching are one and the same thing. And I think as we look in Psalms and Proverbs, uh, they seem to be used kind of interchangeably. Um, But perhaps there's often a bit of a difference in how fathers and mothers approach parenting. And that isn't universally true. Each parent has their own unique personality, and, and that shapes their parenting style and so on. But I'll have to say that in my family of origin and in the one I tried to lead, often it ended up with dad being the one with the final word that ends up having to say, okay, here's what's expected of you. And then mom kind of uh, trying to soften those blunt statements of dad uh, with more words and gentler words. Um, but, but regardless of their individual approaches to parenting, recognize that a part of parenting is to teach and to at times command whether that takes place in an organized fashion or kind of haphazardly. And we parents teach our kids all kinds of things, from how to use the bathroom to how to tie their shoe uh, to table manners and, and how to communicate with people and, and uh, how to handle money. And, and this text assumes that, that parents command and teach various things. And, and I guess you'd have to say that it also assumes that parents agree. And it's important in order for two parents to teach well that they agree with each other. And if they don't, then the kids get mixed signals and, and they figure out how to maneuver to get their own way. Now, kids, some of the things that your parents try to teach you are really of, you might say, a practical nature. They're, they're not absolute right or wrong, but things they just would like you to learn that would make your life easier. For instance, um, it's, it's not a sin to not like to eat Brussels sprouts or broccoli. But they are healthy for you. And also your parents know that your life will be easier if, if you don't grow up to be a really fussy eater. And so they want you to try things. Unless, of course, fussy the eaters themselves, and then maybe that becomes a problem. Also, it's not a sin to uh, skip brushing your teeth one night. Um, but it is a sin to lie and say that you did, if you didn't. And and your parents want you to brush your teeth regularly um, so that you don't end up with lots of cavities and they don't end up with a big dental bill. Those are examples of practical things parents try to teach to make your life and theirs easier. However, these verses in Proverbs are assuming that there are some other things that your parents will try to teach you. That are much more than just practical advice, but rather things that God has stated as clearly right and wrong. And these verses then assume that such commands and such teachings of your parents come then from God himself. And and, uh, let's just think about what types of things are they then. An example of that would be the Ten Commandments. Those are examples of... Right and wrong clearly spelled out. God's moral law, his absolute standards of right and wrong. And to disobey them then is sin, and sin then hinders our relationship with God. The first three of those commandments focus especially on our relationship with God. And God says in them, You shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not misuse my name, and you shall remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And if we learn to not love and trust anything else above God and to not use his name in a disrespectful manner and to then weakly set aside time to worship God, then those things will help us to live our lives in a relationship with our creator God. And so moms and dads here today and you listening online as well, I want to share with you a quote from William Mentz about the value of church involvement for your family from the time they are very young. And here's what he says. He says, Bring them to church. Saturate their lives with the Word of God. Even if they lay on the floor, even if they need 437 goldfish and a sucker to keep quiet, even if you stand in the back, swaying back and forth, holding them, even when it's hard, even when your role looks like a small hurricane just came through, bring them to church. Let them see you worship, let them see you pray. Let them see you running toward the Savior. Because if they don't see and learn those things from you, who are they going to learn them from? The world will teach them that it's not a priority. The world will teach them it's okay to to lay out and and not pick up your Bible. Uh, The world will direct them so far off course and confuse them and misinform them that, that just being good is enough. The world won't teach them about Jesus. That's our job. So bring them to church. We love your kids and look forward to seeing them here often. End quote. Those are Mr. Mensa's words, but I have to agree with them completely, as they spell out the significance of our job as parents in helping our kids come to know and to walk in a relationship with Jesus. One more thing before we look at the actual words here: two children in Proverbs six. so far what we've covered then, these verses assume that parents come and teach their children. They assume that parents agree on the important things. And they assume that those important things especially then include commands and teachings which come from God. And they also assume that children will listen. If they don't, then those words from their parents and from God fall on deaf ears. And they don't accomplish the good that God intends. And so what is it that Solomon, the writer of Proverbs 6 here, says as a word to children? The word to children is, keep and don't forsake those commands and teachings. If, now if you keep something, you hang on to it. You treasure it and you don't want to lose it. If you forsake something, you give it up and say it's worthless. Verse 20 here, my son, keep your father's commandment. And forsake not your mother's teaching. And so children, Solomon's advice to you is hang on to the things that your parents try to teach you because they come from God. So how can you do that? How can you hang on to their words? You can't hold them literally in your hands. Uh, Even if you were to put them in a book, um, you couldn't literally hold on to that book all the time and still do anything else in life. So how can you hang on to their words and keep them? Well, verse 21 tells us, you do it by fastening them inside and outside. Verse 21 says, bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. And again, this is not literal. Your your spiritual heart is the very center of your being, your emotions, and your will. And binding your parents' teachings from God to your heart then involves listening with your ears to what they say and then putting it into action by obeying them. And it also involves then learning and even memorizing some of God's words so that when you're tempted, it helps you then to resist the temptation. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. And you know, it wouldn't work very well to tie that book of all your parents' teachings from God around your neck either, would it? It it would get in the way a lot in life. But when it says here to tie them around your neck, this is describing the value of keeping those teachings close to you in your heart and having reminders of those things even around you in your life as well. For instance, having your Bible by your bed or a poster on the wall can be useful reminders to us to listen to God's word that comes to us through our parents and through others as well. And if you hang on to those teachings of your parents from God, we're told here then, this results in good thing. Being led when you walk. Verse 22, when you walk about, they will guide you. And even when you're a grown adult and having to make all kinds of decisions on your own, those things you learn from your parents will help you in making good decisions. They will even help you when you sleep, you see in verse 22. When you lie down, they'll watch over you. When you're awake, they will talk with you. And I really think there is great value in, in developing a pattern such as having a Bible story and prayer with little kids that are tucked into bed at night. It, it helps to put their focus at the end of the day on God and, and, and that their lives then are in God's hands. And, and then learning to, to pray and, and confess our sins to God and hear then of God's forgiveness helps a child to sleep at, at peace in their heart. And this can develop also then a pattern that sticks with them throughout their life. And so kids, if you hang on to those teachings of your parents from God, it results in some good things in your life. And it says it includes them being watched over while you sleep and then hearing them when awake. It says there, when you, wake, when you awake, they will talk with you. How is that? Well, it's in your conscience. You will have been trained... To know right and wrong throughout your life, and, and you will hear then that still small voice in your mind reminding you of the things you have learned. And, and Solomon gives us another picture for our minds here to help us see the value of listening to our parents and those teachings from God. He says in verse 23 these teachings are like a, a lamp and a light. Now, have you ever tried walking into a room that is pitch dark? You think you know where things are and you end up tripping over something, right? Or outside as well, if it's really dark, you can't see and you, and you trip over things. But if you have just a little bit of light, then you can avoid tripping over those things. Well, The Bible tells us that God's word is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It, it's, uh, it is taught to us through our parents to be like a light for us if we listen to it and, and put it into our hearts. It will keep us then from doing some things that we would later regret. Solomon also says something probably none of us really like to hear here. Verse 23. The reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And what's he saying? The reproofs are the way of life. Well, none of us really like to have somebody point out some things we did wrong. But it is good for us to learn to take reproof and correction. It is good for us to humble ourselves and admit when we've messed up and to not blame everyone else for our actions, but to instead take the blame when something was our mistake and our fault. And this will then become a way of life for us, and it makes us a whole lot easier to live with as well. There's one more verse here in verse 24, one more reason to listen to and to hang on to our parents' teachings from God. He says these commands and these teachings and these reproofs are to to protect us from evil voices that we shouldn't listen to. And I mentioned at the beginning of this message that there is a woman you should listen to and one you shouldn't. That woman you should listen to, who is it? Your mother. What woman shouldn't you listen to? Verse 24 says, To preserve you from the evil woman, From the smooth tongue of the adulteress, and it is saying here that not all women are to be trusted. Not all of them will have your best interests in mind, like your mother does. And as you get older, there will be some women and some men that you shouldn't listen to. Those who have a smooth tongue and who flatter you may be doing so to get something from you, or to lead you down a dangerous path. And so, it's telling us to watch out for them. And you see that the teachings of your parents from God that you learn when you're younger will help you then to have a discernment to know who you should and who you shouldn't listen to later in life. And I find it rather interesting that that the note in my Bible margin regarding verse 24 explains something about this woman that you shouldn't listen to. It it calls her there adulteress, which is one that is sexually immoral. Um, The note concerning that word adulteress there, though, says literally foreign. Woman, And we tend to think of foreign as somebody from another country, but it's not really just saying that here. Uh, But rather, in in great contrast to your mother, whom you know very well, it's saying watch out for the woman that you don't know that well, that flatters you with smooth words. And, And men and boys may love to be noticed and praised, especially by the ladies. But that may make us vulnerable to someone knowing that and taking advantage of that. There's one other note in the margin regarding these verses in verse 22 where it says they, it can be understood as she, feminine. Verse 21, bind them continually on your heart, tie them around your neck. When, When you walk about, they will guide you. She will guide you. When you sleep, she will watch over you. And when you awake, she will talk to you. The teachings and the commands from mother and dad here are given. A feminine gender. Now, I don't claim to be a Hebrew scholar on this, but as far as I can tell, it wouldn't be wrong to even think of it in this way then. As you walk about in life, you will hear in your head those words from God spoken through your mother earlier in life, and they will guide you, they will watch over you, they will talk to you. Let me wrap this up with, with a reality check for all of us involved. We fail. Moms and dads will fail and will neglect the opportunities to teach their kids God's word. And they will fail at times to be the good examples they should be to their kids. And all children will fail to listen and obey at times and to take their parents' words to heart. And when they get older, they will make sinful mistakes at times because they didn't listen. That's the reality of our sinful human condition. We all are far from perfect. So what should we do when we fail? We're to look to Jesus and to live in repentance and faith. And as we think of the teachings of these verses here in Proverbs, there's only one person who has ever followed them completely, and that is Jesus, who even as a child never sinned. And it's interesting, when you look in in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, we have this account of, of the visit of Joseph and Mary and Jesus at age 12 to the temple in Jerusalem And it tells us that Mary and Joseph found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding, his answers, even at age 12. And after this incident, then it goes on to say that he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. When we look in Hebrews chapter 4, it was read earlier today. It further describes Jesus there as, as our great high priest. That is, he is our mediator between us sinners and a holy God. And it says that Jesus was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And then it invites us, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. That we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so children here today. Keep and don't forsake these commandments and teachings that come to you through your parents, but from God. Hang on to them. Keep them close to your heart in your daily life. And this will result in good things, including guidance in your life and protection from temptation and harmful other voices. And when you fail, and we all will, then look to Jesus and live in daily repentance and faith in him as your Lord and Savior. As the one who died on the cross, to provide a way that there is forgiveness for all of your sins. And moms and dads, be reminded today of the significance of working together to instill in your children a healthy respect for God and his word. It it will significantly shape their lives. And when we fail, we too need to look to Jesus and, and know that his mercy and grace is there for us too. That song we sang earlier reminds us so much of that. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks for our families. What a treasure they are. What a responsibility comes with that for us who are parents. And Lord, you know each one of us, and you know our intentions, and you know when we fail at doing the things you've called us to. We thank you that there is mercy and grace and forgiveness for us. But Lord, help us that we would live our lives in such a way that we would be imparting your word um, into the hearts and lives of our children so that they would see it as from you and, and they would seek to follow you in their lives as well. And Lord, we thank you for our children. We pray that you'd help them, that they would recognize the significance of that, and that when, when uh, parents and others are teaching them your word, that, that that is to be a guide in their life. It will make a, a difference for here and now. It, it will help them to know how to deal with when they fail because there's forgiveness in Jesus, and it'll help them to know that things are right with you and and that um, they they can know they have eternal life in heaven with you someday. And and Lord, we we pray that you would have your way in each of our hearts and lives, that you would help us to live uh, taking these words to heart. And and Lord, that there be somebody here today who has recognized that they do not know a relationship with you. Uh, We pray that even today you would draw them to see that Though their sins are many, your mercy is more and there is forgiveness and a change of heart that comes as we come to you, Jesus. Uh, We pray in your name. Amen.